welcome to the Wicked Good Momcast, a podcast for Boston moms by Boston moms. A space to hear stories from real moms, to celebrate the beauty of motherhood, and to normalize its challenges. Tune in while you fold laundry, commute to work or school, or get cozy after a long day in the trenches. Motherhood is hard, but it doesn't have to be lonely. You are a Wicked Good Mom. And now, here are your Wicked Good Momcast hosts, Megan and Shannon. Hello, Wicked Good Momcast listeners. We have a very special treat for you today. We're talking to Sarah Harmon, founder of The School of Mom, a therapist, yoga, and mindfulness teacher, and a mother of two girls. Sarah also organized the viral mom screen that allowed local moms in Massachusetts to release some of the pandemic pressures many were feeling. Sarah's been featured on The Today Show, Good Morning America, The New York Times, The Kelly Clarkson Show, CNN, and a host of other major news outlets. You're going to love this conversation with Sarah. There is a really strong chance that you have seen our guest today on the national news or read about her in major publications. We are thrilled to be able to welcome Sarah Harmon to the show. There is so much we want to cover with Sarah that we are going to break her episode up into two parts. You are listening to part one of our conversation and part two will release next week. So make sure you come back for more from Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. So happy to have you here. So a little bit of background. So Sarah in the School of Mom, um, she is well-connected in the Boston area. And Sarah and I had some conversations about how we both serve parents locally well before any of her newfound fame. And I want to start some of this conversation with just saying that while you've seen Sarah on uh, local and maybe national news, this all, you know, that all of that um, attention is well-deserved. But the root of the work that she does is a little bit of what we're going to get into today, and it's very important, and I hope that you will seek her out. So, Sarah, before we get into everything, can you tell us a little bit about the School of Mom, why you founded it, and how long you've been serving local moms in this capacity? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a therapist, and uh, before I was a therapist, I was a mindfulness and yoga teacher, so teaching yoga in the Boston community for, gosh, over a decade now. I started while I was in grad school. And so I've always you know, been fascinated with the ancient wisdom of mindfulness and the practices of mindfulness and obviously yoga as well, which is a big component of that. Um, and when I started my clinical practice, it was when my youngest was born. So she's now six. And uh, I started working with women. And a lot of those women struggled with high expectations of themselves, anxiety, um, you know, just really uh, smart women that just struggled with, you know, I think a lot of overwhelm. And then it was interesting that a lot of my clients and kind of myself had this, this parallel process of becoming moms. And I noticed that the tendencies of, you know, those high expectations and leaning towards anxiety just went on steroids, right? When you become a mom, just so the expectations and the, um, the, the, the potential for, you know, self-criticism is skyrocket. Right. right? Um, and then meanwhile, for myself, I actually was in a personal experience around a mental health crisis in my family. So my mother had a mental health crisis. Uh, this was a, a long time ago, but really when I became a mom, it, it, you know, it came to the forefront because I started to realize how desperately I I 
needed my own mother in my process of becoming a mother. Um, so I was having this personal experience that really pushed me into a deeper level of my own work in mindfulness, my own therapy, my own exploration of boundaries. Um, and then was having these conversations just time and time again in my clinical sessions, but also with friends, you know, who are becoming moms and talking about their personal experience, but not only just, you know, becoming a mom, but also their relationships with their mothers and how some of them had similar struggles to me, even though their mom wasn't in a mental health crisis. And so it was kind of this colliding of worlds, really, my between my personal life and my professional life. And this you know, very clear need for support for women around learning how to become their own mother, learning how to Mm -hmm. take care of themselves, learning how to affirm and love and unconditionally love really themselves uh, in this stage and season of their life. And so that's where the School of Mom came from. It was a lot of Pain, to be honest, a lot of personal work. And then of course, uh, intersection with my, my clinical training and experience in working with women and moms. It's so interesting the way journeys come together. I love hearing that. And I'm curious, did you always know you wanted to be in this line of work or found a resource like the School of Mom? So I always knew I wanted to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. I was one of those people in my undergrad, my first undergrad uh, psychology 100 class. I will never forget it. I, I think we were learning about like, um, you know, the the Pavlov and I was mm-hmm. like, this is it for me. Like I, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. And I knew I wanted to be a therapist. I did realize I needed to kind of live life and get lost for a little while. So I did, I traveled, I, I had some jobs before I came back to be a therapist um, so I always knew that that piece. I, I was fascinated with human behavior and the mind. Um, working with women in this capacity, I think I, I've always loved working with women. I do have some men in my clinical practice. Um, however, I, yeah, I think that you know when you become a mom and you're so deep in the trenches, and and you know you you realize what you're passionate about and who really needs the support. I mean, it kind of the the path just unfolded for mm-hmm. me. I love that. And I wonder, I'm going to add a question here. I wonder as a therapist, so I was a psychology undergrad, um, which is not the same thing, but I did have a similar Pavlov experience like in class being like, wow, I get so jazzed up about this stuff. I wonder for you, Sarah, as a mom and, you know, founding the school of mom and understanding that we need to learn how to mother ourselves and we need to learn how to unconditionally love ourselves the way that mothers do. Um, are you able to like take that own advice for yourself? You know, like, and I, I, this sort of leads into my next question about where the viral scream came from. But like, as you are counseling people and as you're counseling specifically women, then in your personal life, are you able to take your own advice? Oh, I mean, that, that is my number one job, right? Is to, is to be, you know, my, my tagline for school of mom is to be the human you want to raise. My mm-hmm. job as a business owner and as a therapist is to be the practitioner that I am ultimately teaching my clients and communities to be, right? So I teach what I need. I am so in this work with my clients, you know, and I think um, that's one of the, the beauties of it. Like I actually, even with a therapist, you know, I caution, I would I would be weary of someone who kind of puts themselves in the, like, I'm a, I'm above this work. There's no such mm-hmm. thing, right? It's a mm-hmm. lifelong commitment 
to self-awareness building, to mindfulness, to self-compassion. You know, the, I think the best example, which we've, we use a lot, of course, is the analogy of going to the gym. Like you can't Mm -hmm. just bank (laughs) gym hours for life. Like I wish you could, right. But you, you know, you drop off for a week or two and your muscles start to atrophy. And the same is around our mind. It's this, you know, it's the mind muscle. Um, so I am in this work daily and what I love about my job and my role and, and this, this, um, opportunity for me as a teacher is that I learn just as much from teaching sometimes as I do from, you know, doing my own personal work. Yeah. Uh, the, the, what I get back from my community is such a gift. And I actually, I opened up a, um, I have a smaller group coaching program called the circle of mom. And I, I opened up our, we have eight months together and I opened up our retreat, um, yesterday, an in-person retreat. And I spoke about giving and receiving for, and especially for, for women and moms, you know, we're so, we're so caught up in giving, 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 giving all the time. And we don't a really know how to receive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and B where if, even if we kind of know how we're really not good at it, we're not really willing. And so I think this for me, giving to my community can only be as you know fruitful and successful as I am able and willing to receive from my community. And that's what I've kind of, kind of the edge of my work right now is, mm-hmm. is really realizing like we, you know, I knew that we were all in this together, but I think coming through the pandemic and, you know, it's a great segue to the scream mm-hmm. is realizing that it is a true circle for all of us and for women, especially, you know, people are listening to us now. Um, they might receive some nuggets and they're going to go give that to someone else. And it's just this amazing way that women and moms work in this giving and receiving. But I challenge anyone listening to really think about their receiving practice and to mm-hmm. just start to open up your mind and and even ask yourself, like, where in my life could I receive a little bit more? Because I think that's such a big piece. Oh, that's so, that's so good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I So it's yeah, I have, we could talk forever about this. Boston Moms is built similarly to be able to say, I always say to all of our writers, you know, write what you need to read. Yeah. Um, and because then there's another mom out there who needs to know in some way that she's not alone or she has a similar t- story to you, or maybe it opens her eyes to people who have stories like you um, and the giving and receiving circle there. And then we find with our writers and our team, we all feel we get that back. Because when you can connect with another mom who says, hey, that was me, or hey, this really struck me in some way, um, it's so, so powerful. And the re- the practice of receiving, if we could all be better at that, we could all be better women and moms. So I love that. But I do want to segue a little bit into the viral scream because we want to talk about that. Um, how did it come about? And what was the point behind letting moms go together and scream in a field? So what some people, <laughs> a lot of people don't know is the one that went viral was the second screen. Second. Yeah. 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 Yep. So the first screen was in 2021 in January and it really came about, I mean, we'd been in this pandemic for a year. I had gone viral or sorry, viral. I had gone virtual as mm-hmm. all therapists and all, mm-hmm. you know, everybody had and was really in the struggles that my clients were in. And as a therapist, that's very rare. I actually, in some of my, uh, my older mentors, the only time that they had experienced something similar was nine 11, right? Where you're mm-hmm. counseling someone through this intense crisis, uh, that you're also going through. It's, it's really, yeah. as a therapist, it's very challenging to do that. 
Um, and especially the population I work with, right? Like I'm from, I'm at home with my kids trying to support women at home with their kids. And it was all a little bit much yeah, <laughs> to say the least. Sure. <laughs> we lived it, right? We know. Um, so I was saying to a lot of my clients, like, oh my gosh, you know, I was, I was watching even through the screen, the anger and the rage was intense. And I, a big piece of this, which was a lot of the education I was doing with my community was around the, the cycle of grief. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's been in a grief cycle, which we all have, um, especially if you've lived through COVID, you have anger is a stage of grieving, right? And, and so with the pandemic and these different stages of you know dealing with COVID, we had multiple grief cycles. So every single time you learned that something wasn't going to happen or the uh, quarantine can got kicked down the road, it was another wave of grief, which brought another wave of anger. And so we had this perfect storm of more opportunities for anger, all of these grief cycles and no outlets right. for them. Right. So I was in these grief cycles, processing them with my clients and just witnessing this, this anger that was slowly growing and not even so slowly, right. It was quickly growing into more of a, a uncontrollable rage. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was nowhere to put it. And so I would start to joke that we should just, we need to go get on a field and scream. And clients that know me well were like, well, let's just do that, Sarah. Like, yeah. well, you know, why not? <laughs> right? You're a yoga teacher. Like you can do that. Like you can host a group. And, and so I said, let's do it. So January, 2021, we did the first one on the Charlestown high school field. It was freezing cold. Women came out of the shadows. It was one of the, the most remarkable experiences of my life. I think uh, one of the moms in Charlestown who is such a talented photographer was there, Alice Rouse. She took some amazing pictures. The pictures are beautiful. Oh, they're beautiful. And it really sums it up. It was so raw. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, not just the temperature, but the emotions. <laughs> and and we were all, we all still had a little element of, should we be doing this? Like we, mm-hmm. the reason why we're screaming that, that, you know, intense decision-making quandary always, like even the event in itself was like, should we be doing this? Mm -hmm. Like we're screaming and, you know, we're wearing masks, but is this okay? Is this safe? Um, And we did it and it was so healing, lots of tears. And and at the end, like we should do this more often. Let's do it again. And of course we kind of came out of the pandemic a little bit that summer and then we went into January of 2022 and everyone knows it was just this, it was a really defeated stage. Like mm-hmm. we were angry, but in a, like, in a just, I don't know if I can swear here, but just like a, this is f- ridiculous point. You know, yeah. I, we were so over it. I had clients and, and I'm hopefully you guys didn't have this, but I'm guessing someone who's listening may have, they had kids home from school or daycare for like over 30 days, you know? So trying, yeah. trying to, send one kid to school and then the other kid would come home. You know, right. and it was yep. just endless. Now, personally, I was supposed to be on a silent retreat the week of the scream in January. Oh I gosh. had <laughs> the irony of it. I was supposed to be at a meditation center in Western Mass for a week, for 10 days of silence. And it was canceled, not surprisingly, as everything was that week. 
And that put me into my own intense anger and rage. It was like, I, it was the tip of the iceberg, right? For, for I was managing and that was like, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to get this much needed moment of release and quiet for myself. So it really, that scream in 2022 was just as much for me as it was for everyone else. And the, the timing of it was so I think this is why I went viral. It was just that it hit the nail on the head in that week where everyone was maxed out. Mm -hmm. And I think that it was just this opportunity for all of us to come together again and release, you know, all of the penned up rage, but on a new level than than it had been in 2021. Right. Um, Well, and I have a background in the mental health field as well. And something I would always teach my clients and students is that anger is a gateway emotion. There is always another or multiple emotions underneath the anger. So how do you teach moms to identify and cope with what may really be going on under the surface? This is the gift of the scream. I mean, there's many, but I think the best outcome of the scream is the conversation that has come out of it around anger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We all have a relationship and a history with anger. We have judgments about it, right? When, when you feel anger uh, and, and what that means or doesn't mean about you, this scream cracked open this emotion in such an important way because of exactly what you said. It points to a need or a desire Mm -hmm that is unmet. Yes. And that is the gold of anger. And but in order to get to the need to, you know, to peel the onion back, to use our therapist terms, that's, we're all in the mental health <laughs> yeah. field here, right? To go, to take the elevator down. Yeah. <laughs> if we, if we do that, we have to get past the judgment of the anger. We have to get to a place where we can look constructively at the anger and say, what does this have to show me? What mm-hmm. can I learn from this here? And the, the scream enabled us to do that because it normalized it. And it brought you into co- community, which helps you access a calmer state, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you, where you can actually use that part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, to, to welcome in that more critical thinking. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think the community piece is so huge with this because it's letting, you know, letting moms know that they're not alone and then opening this up to say, I mean, <laughs> probably for other women to be like, oh, these these moms are mad too, but also just like the general conversation of why are they so mad? You know, how is their anger about what's going on right now different than what maybe our male counterparts are feeling because moms are juggling more or the most um, in all of this. So I'm wondering, Sarah, did you expect this to be picked up and noticed on a national level? And though I kind of know the answer to this because I do follow you on social media, what was it like uh, to suddenly be recognized and interviewed by so many major outlets? Yeah, I didn't expect it to know. I mean, there's no way I could have ever expected the outcome of that for (laughs) sure. Um, And so we did, someone, a friend of mine was like, you know, maybe just like let email this person from the globe that I know. And I, so I did, I said, just as an FYI, and that is why the globe ended up coming. And I think then the globe heard about it from, I can't remember exactly the turn of events, but that's where it really started was with, was with those local media outlets. And from there, of course, it just, when it was a life of its own, I think the most fascinating piece, and and if you followed the whole story, what was really kind of wild about it is that it came, it really went viral because of a tweet 
that a local woman in Cambridge, she was part of a mom's group, uh, tweeted uh, and, and had no reference to me. I was not mentioned. Oh, one interesting. Bit. It said, if you're wondering the state of parents right now, <laughs> uh, someone posted about a scream in a field in my local mom's group, and there are a lot of RSVP yeses. Yeah. That was uh, Lucy, I think her name is Lucy Huber. And she mm-hmm. has like a pretty well-known Twitter account. And and so she got retweeted by, uh, I think, Ramblin' Ma and mm-hmm. like the uh, 30AF, like a bunch of big following, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. followers uh, for those accounts. And that's actually, so my community started tagging me in that post. Uh, okay. And that was what was so funny about it because I woke up one morning and I was like, wait a second, like, this has, you know, 60,000 likes and that's my event, but I'm not even mentioning yeah. it. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I'm a, I'm so bad with social media. I was, I didn't even really care. I just thought it was so wild. The whole thing was very wild to watch. Um, and then, you know, at 10 PM at night, I'm getting an email from the today show. And that's really where it started, uh, was, was just this very rapid domino effect of, of everyone, commu- you know, communicating with me to say, can we get you on our show? Uh, and it was, it was fun. It was intense. And I will tell you, you know, it's, uh, I, I very quickly after about three to four weeks of that, I took a social media break, Mm -hmm. which was, you know, as a (laughs) business owner, you guys know this, right? Like I, I, my followers had tripled, I think. And I said, I'm out. I can't, my own, my own mental and emotional and physical health is tanking because this is just an intensity level. I, I can't handle um, and so it was amazing. It was wonderful. And it was pretty intense, you know, yeah. to say the least. Well, and it's funny. This is the first time I am talking to you, but I remember that event circulating Facebook. And I really, really thought long and hard about coming. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like to be cold. So <laughs> probably, I don't remember, but that probably influenced my decision a little yeah. bit. We are enjoying this interview with Sarah so much and hope you are too. Part one is just the beginning. We are going to dive into more conversation around motherhood next week. So do not miss part two. Subscribers will automatically receive the second half of this episode wherever they stream podcasts. So definitely make sure that you are subscribed to the show. Until next week, you are a wicked good mom.